Hello, and welcome to another episode of Obscurity Knox, the ridiculously premised podcast in which I ask individuals about some of the most obscure projects in their back catalogs. Because, sure, that's where the money is. I'm your host, Will Harris, and if you think you know who this week's guest is, well, maybe you shouldn't jump to conclusions. And boy, what an obvious joke that is, but if you've seen Office Space, then at this point you currently have a mental picture of the gentleman who joins us for this installment. He also played Walt Fennerty on the sitcom Grounded for Life. Civil War buffs may remember him from playing the Quartermaster in Glory. And if you're a Trekkie, then he may be familiar to you for his performance in what's arguably the best Star Trek The Next Generation episode of them all, The Inner Light. And if none of those things ring a bell, well, good lord, the man's been in over 200 movies and 150 different TV series. You must have seen him in something. But his name is Richard Reilly, and that's spelled R-I-E-H-L-E. So if you need to hit up Google in order to put a face to the name, you go ahead and do that. I'll wait. Nah, it's enough waiting. Let's go ahead and get to the interview. I guess first of all, thank you for uh, being agreeable to be a part of this ridiculously premised conversation. <laughs> oh, of course. Sounds <laughs> fun. Well, let's see. The, uh, the first thing that I've got on the list here uh, is from 1978, a TV movie called The Other Side of Hell. Right. Uh, the IMDb synopsis, uh, a disturbed but highly intelligent man, played by Alan Arkin, uh, right. is sent to a criminally insane hospital to serve time and rehabilitate, but when he arrives, discovers it's in fact a closed world where brutality is an everyday occurrence. Exactly. And <laughs> it was based on, a true, based on a true story. It, was, it came from a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, a series of articles at the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer that the, uh, uh, the guy who Arkin played actually wrote. He was a reporter that went through some really tough times uh, and uh, and was, was supposedly put in the hospital for a 72-hour uh, psych check and uh, found out while he was in there that no one ever gets out. It's you know, Roach Motel. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> now, that was pretty early on. Like You weren't even really working full-time uh, in front of the camera. No, I was actually, I, was, I, I, I did it between plays. I was in Seattle uh, uh, doing a, a couple of plays, and I had a I had a two week break, and they were hiring, um, much like when we did uh, uh, um, Glory, they they hired a group of actors that would be in all the scenes, so that they, but they that 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 they liked their uh, skills as actors, so that the, the leads would have somebody that they could uh, contact with whenever wherever they whichever, wherever they looked. That was actually filmed, uh, I guess, in Montana in an actual uh, hospital. In Anaconda, yes. We were in, uh, we at the state hospital there, and, uh, in fact, it was open while we were there. And, wow. uh, and we would have the, the third shift in the cafeteria. And uh, the first couple days we were there because they took us, uh, you know, they took us through wardrobe and, and had us out there. And uh, uh, there were there was, uh, some moments where, uh, they were doing head counts and realized they had uh, uh, more people in, in our line than, than they had actors. <laughs> now, you're officially credited as a tattooed man. Yeah, I, I don't know how, how that happened. I, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, you never see me with a tattoo. Nobody ever put a tattoo on in, in uh, when we did uh, makeup. So I don't know why or how that, that, that came. I think they were just looking for, for ways to to identify each one individually because they, they didn't give us names. Well, I know it's you. You're in it, obviously. Uh, besides Alan Arkin, though, uh, Morgan Woodward's in it. Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, Roger Mosley. Uh, yes, from uh, Magnum P.I. And then uh, Leonard Stone, who I, I mostly know, pre- predominantly know anyway, from uh, Willy Wonka at the Chocolate Factory. He's uh, oh, Sam sure. Beauregard. <laughs> yeah. Now, who did you get to interact with? 
most of my stuff actually was with Alan, and it was, it was, it was, he was really, uh, it was really nice because it, at the end when I was getting ready to go head back to Seattle, uh, he took my information. He said, he said, look, I sometimes do theater, and and uh, I'm, you know, I'm always, I always like to have people that, you know, know, know people that I can uh, uh, contact, and so send me send me your information, which I thought was great. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess the next one on the list here would be uh, Execution of Justice. Right. Which, now, this is, as we just determined, was not actually a TV movie or a film, but in fact a play. Right. It was It was a, it was a Broadway show, yes. Well, obviously you've been working in theater, but how did that particular one come about? Was it an audition? Uh, no. Yeah, well, yes, yes, it was an audition eventually, but what happened was, is I, was uh, I was doing a play in Seattle called uh, Through the Leaves, okay. uh, a German play, and uh, Emily Mann was directing it. And while she was directing it, she was uh, had been commissioned to write this play about the assassination of uh, uh, George Moscone and, and Harvey Milk uh, for the uh, Berkeley Rep, I believe. And um, so she would go. So we would rehearse, and then and then she would go down uh, and spend Sunday and Monday down at the uh, in uh, San Francisco, going through the archives and. And you know, checking all all the stuff and writing a scene or two, then she'd come back and we'd you know we'd read the scenes for her after rehearsal on Tuesday. And um, you know, so we I, I, I sort of was in uh, on the ground floor of that, and um, it ended up being done around the country in various regional theaters, uh, uh, and the and uh, finally was done at uh, Louisville, and I think. Uh, Emily directed it at at Louisville, and uh, and someone from the um, uh, from the Arena Theater in Washington D.C. Uh, saw it and wanted you know wanted to um, to bring it up there. So they brought it to D.C. and a producer from D.C. decided he wanted he wanted to do it uh, on Broadway, and uh, and uh, if Emily would direct it, and so and so Emily and so Emily. Uh, uh, I was in contact with her, and she said, "And she said, uh, look, uh, I can't offer you a role in it, but there's a lot of roles that you would be great in. And if, um, if but if you can uh, fly out here and audition for the producers, I'm pretty sure that uh, that they'll, they'll find something for you. And so, and so, I had, you know, I had put off and put off and put off moving to New York, and I thought, well, this would be a shot if I go out and I get I get cast in this and." And, I'm, and I and I come into New York doing a Broadway show. Hopefully, that'll give me some uh, impetus uh, and other, other other work here in here in the city. And um, so I went in and auditioned, and I did get cast. And uh, it was an amazing cast. I mean, uh, uh, there were there were a couple kids right out of uh, uh, SUNY Purchase in New York, uh, um, uh, Wesley Snipes and Stanley Tucci, <laughs> who. Who did wonderful jobs? Uh, uh, Wesley, I think, was Sister Boom Boom, and uh, and Stanley was was the iconic cop that that they keep going back to. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, 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 John Spencer played Dan White, and uh, uh, Mary McDonald played played his wife, and and we had it was a, it was a wonderful production. Um, it opened the the what I guess is now it's not not the Virginia anymore. It's called. Oh, uh, it was the Dujamison for a while, okay. but it's named it's named after shoot some playwright that just died, uh, August Wilson. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, but uh, and that was the furthest 
that was the furthest uh, Broadway uh, house ever, uh, at that time on on 52nd. Oh wow! And um, you know, and we had a great time. It only it only ran for for a couple of weeks, but a lot of people came to see it. It got excellent reviews, and in fact, it was it was it was in a way it was sort of unfortunate because, um, and I'm going to forget which one, but whoever the Times critic that reviewed it uh, had seen three other productions and had liked it, but if you read each of his productions, it, it familiarity breeds contempt, uh. and it wasn't really contempt. It was just it was just this is a wonderful production. I wish you I was seeing it for the first time, but I'm not, and so you know, and so some things don't. Resonate in the way they do to first time first time viewer. Yeah. Well, one of the person who was in the cast, did uh, you mention? He just passed away, actually, Earl Hyman. Earl, I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was such a treat to work with him. I mean, it was, it was amazing. The, you know, the, the some of us doing our first Broadway shows, and some people that had been, you know, in in Broadway theater forever. It was great. Uh, let's see. I guess next up. Uh, and, of course, I neglected to mention a minute ago, but you've got these three cards that you can play if there's anything that you really don't want to discuss. <laughs> well, if there is, you know, yeah, we'll see. I, okay. At this point, I don't see anything, yeah. Okay. I figured you're worthy of a reminder, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. So next up would be uh, Rachel River. Yes. Uh, and uh, that was a theatrical release, I believe, although I don't actually remember seeing it in the theater. <laughs> it was a very, it was, it was a, it was as they often did in those days, they would, Play it for you know a week someplace theatrically, and then uh, its its main uh, release was on was on uh, cable and uh, and uh, uh, I guess it was VHS in those days. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. That was really it was really an interesting thing. It was um, uh, Sandy Smolin was the director, and um, and uh, uh, Penelope Reed did the lead, and it was um, uh, oh Craig Nelson was in it, Jaco was in it. But it was it was um, they were shooting it in Minnesota while I was uh, I, while I was uh, there working at the Guthrie and and teaching at the university and they were looking for uh, some they were looking for a character that would be uh, a friend of Alan North's. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, and uh, they couldn't find somebody they liked at that age, so they made so they made him. Uh, uh, it, it, the son of a friend of his, <laughs> and that's and that's what I, what I ended up doing, and it was great. We shot it um, in uh, in and around Minnesota, Wisconsin, and it was based on a series of stories by, uh, and I can't remember her name, by a by a, a Minnesota writer. Oh, uh, Carol Bly. Yes, yep. and wonderful stories. I remember remember reading all them while we were shooting them, and uh, while we were shooting it, and. Uh, and most of my stuff was with Alan and uh, and Craig, and uh, and I had a, had just a great time. Now, did you have any scenes with uh, Vivica Linfors? I did not. Okay, I saw that she was in it, and I. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I probably I'm sure she was in the funeral, and I was in the funeral, but I, you know, I didn't have any scene with her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, certainly uh, the casting director had a good eye for character actors. Cause between you and Richard Jenkins is in it, and like yeah, uh, Jelko uh, Ivanic. Yeah. How was Craig T. Nelson to work with? Craig was great. He was, you know, he he sort of uh, he sort of was befuddled, I think, through at least through the through the the time that I was there shooting shooting it. He wasn't quite sure, you know, why they had gone to him for this role, but <laughs> but he he was having a great time. So I'm not sure. 
It was a little cold a couple of days. I do remember that. <laughs> I remember, uh, you may have seen it when I posted it on Facebook, but when uh, Jerry Van Dyke died, I, I posted it. My, yes. my favorite memory from my interview with him was when I told him I had done uh, random roles with Craig T. Nelson. Oh, my God. And uh, that it had gone well. And his instant reaction was, it went really? well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard that, too. <laughs> That wasn't the case when I was working with him, but I, I can't, it was it was the one where he played the, uh, the chief of police in D.C. Oh, uh, the district. Yeah, district. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've heard reports. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so next we've got. I'm, I'm very curious about this one. Uh, on the air, which uh, as a diehard Twin Peaks fan, uh, I followed David Lynch and Mark Frost straight over to that series and was uh, at the at the time completely befuddled. <laughs> Well, and, I, and I'm sure we all were, you know. And and um, this was this was this, uh, this is a very funny thing. I uh, when I arrived in Los Angeles in '89, they were just Twin Peaks was just getting off, getting started, and everybody I knew from grad school in Minnesota was working on it. Uh, Mark Frost and 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 his father uh, Warren was in it. Sure. Was my acting teacher. Um, uh, Richard uh, Hoover was the, was was doing the set design. Uh, Bob Engels, who was an undergraduate when I was there, uh, was one of the main writers. And um, so, so, and I would I would run into them all all the time. And uh, and they would and I actually uh, went went over where they were shooting and, and got a tour of the sets and everything. Oh. Never met David Lynch, but you know that that was that. So anyhow. Um, uh, they after two seasons they cancel it, and um, this was sort of a back pocket uh, 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 idea that Lynch had, and uh, about about a, a TV station that was uh, you know that was run by crazy people for crazy people I guess, <laughs> and um, and they had um, there was a, another writer by the name of Mark. Oh, I can't think of the last name. It's terrible. Uh, Who they used to call Doctor Winky. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know that was his nickname. And they so they said, they said we're going to write, we're going to write a, a couple of scenes for this Doctor Winky, and we'd like you, we'd like you to do it. And I said, oh sure, that'd be great. And uh, and they they ran it past again. They ran they ran it past uh, Lynch, although he wasn't there any time that I was shooting. So I have <laughs> well, no idea what <laughs> what his feeling about it was. And but they liked it, and this it was about bees in his in his in his beard, and, and they built this long beard for me, and then and I had uh, and you know and it was it was great it was great fun that everybody was kind of enjoying themselves and it was like they were taking the weirdness of Twin Peaks and putting it into a half hour comedy, and and it really had and it really had that feeling, and there wasn't any of the um, uh, the, the tension of of the of the of the of the Twin Peaks story, yeah. you know, uh, underneath it, it all it was so it was so light and frothy that I think that that they really enjoyed it. But yeah, it was it was great fun to do. Yeah, revisiting it uh, a few years ago, I, I enjoyed it a lot more just because I, I didn't go in with the expectations of well, this is going to be like Twin Peaks in some capacity. No, uh, yeah. and, and I guess spiritually it was, but uh, definitely yeah. tonally in no way. <laughs> Next would be uh, Ned Blessing, the story of my life and times. Yeah, that was a that was a really interesting project 
from beginning to end and and, and unfortunate end. Um, the um, uh, I met uh, with uh, Bill Whitliff, who who had done uh, uh, Lonesome Dove. Oh, yeah. You know, had been the head writer on that and producer on that uh, here in Los Angeles, and he was uh, and he was trying to put together this this story that he had this western story, and um, and uh, and then I, I got a call a few months later saying uh, we're going to shoot a pilot in Austin, Texas, uh, and we'd like you to play the whiskey judge. And so, and so, uh, I said, sure, I'd love to do that. <laughs> so we got to Austin, and we, and they, they put us all up down on 6th Street of the Sheridan there. And then we, and we had, but we ended up shooting out at Willie Nelson's ranch out in, out in, uh, uh, Lake, uh, no, shoot. I can't remember. But anyhow, I, and, uh, where, and he had built this, um, uh, set for uh, redheaded woman. Red-headed. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And it was a beautiful western set. And they, you know, occasionally it was used, but not much. And then he had all this land uh, around it, so he shot, you know, everything out there. So uh, he got this uh, Bill because he was Bill Whitliff, and everybody, you know, everybody <laughs> knew him. He got this great cast together, and with Brad Johnson as the lead, and. He had this story about a guy who's who's scheduled for execution and is writing, you know, is writing his his biography in the, in the jail cell, and um, and it was it was various ideas, various stories about about a small town in uh, uh, in East Texas, and um, and there were wonderful stories. And at one point, he we were we had a bunch of us had had dinner, and he was he was going through. The potential Bible of of the series uh, later on, he said, the whiskey judge gets involved in a in a um, with a, uh, a wagon load of orphans that get stranded there, and he and he has to somehow help them out, and uh, and it straightens them up a little bit. And he had you had various ideas that that were you know he was ready to go with. Um, we shot that. We shot the pilot and uh, to our pilot, and it, was, it seemed to go very well. Uh, CBS was happy, so they so they ordered uh, uh, six more episodes, and one of them was was amazing. Uh, um, it was with uh, Stephen Fry. Oh and wow! It was it was again based on something I had was not at all aware of before before we shot it. The fact that um, Oscar Wilde had toured the had toured the Old West. Yeah. And and be, and also the fact that Oscar Wilde was a big person, yeah. And, and again, which I had never never considered, you know, what what his size was, and uh, and so he becomes he he becomes the hero of this episode, and it's it's a it was a and working with Stephen and 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 David Hemmings directed it, and it was it was just an, it was just an amazing experience, but all of them were. I mean, we were we were riding and we were you know and we were. Uh, you know, shooting guns, and and we had to we had to escape in the pilot. We had to escape from a burning. Uh, from, we were trapped in, in in a you know in a burning um, a barn that you know that uh, somebody that that, that the girl uh, gets us out of at the last second, and then it collapses behind us. And it was you know it was just it was just wonderful fun story. So we all went we all went back to L.A. 
looking forward to you know it being picked up and 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 it was was playing every Wednesday night in August and uh, and uh, seemed to be doing very well and uh, and we were looking because when, they said when you come back you should we should look for places out nearer the ranch because it, it was a an hour travel each way yeah. and um, and so everybody was saying oh this would be great we could live out here blah 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 <laughs> we had uh, on on uh, what it must have been uh, Memorial Day, we had a picnic with um, uh, uh, Richard Linkletter and the people that were shooting his movie at the time, Robbie Rodriguez and the people that were shooting his movie at the time, and oh, there was a third one, I can't remember. The, but there were four four companies got together and had this huge barbecue out at the lake out by, out by Willie's Place. Um, and, then, uh, and then CBS decided to do... Uh, Hearts of the West with Bow Bridges because it was modern and they wouldn't have they would be less expensive. They were shooting it here in Los Angeles, so there wouldn't be that you know that transport stuff problem. And yeah. and uh, Ned Blessing disappeared. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I sorry, I I've seen Stephen Fry's movie before he played Wild, uh, but it was like four years after this. We played. It, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So we played it first on there. It's weird. Yeah. And we have we had some amazing, you know, guess what? West Study and Tim Scott and and Bill McKinney. I mean, and Bill Sanderson. It was just oh, yeah. wonderful and great and great guest people. Oh, it was terrific. Uh, oh, and I, I meant to say, uh, Redheaded Stranger. That was the name of the Stranger. Yeah. Thank you. I always, yeah, I always. Well, you, redheaded girl sounded reasonable, but no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, let's see. So next up, we've got uh, Holy Matrimony. Yes. Yeah, that was that was that was so that was so much fun. It was a, it was you know it's a fun story uh, about you know, and and it was um, uh, well yeah, Leonard Nimoy directed it. We shot it up in 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 August in uh, Great Falls, Montana, and lost one day to snow, and uh, and you know and it was uh, 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 Joey Gordon Levitt's uh, first I think lead movie. And he and he um, he was 12 years old, wow. and he was playing this this kid who uh, is a member of this uh, uh, Mennonite community that um, uh, Tate Donovan played his brother, and and they um, uh, Tate and Patricia Arquette are uh, a couple of carnies hanging out together, and I run the carnival, and they robbed me the last night of the carnival. Uh, he. Uh, the, Patricia comes in and seduces me, and Tate hits me over the head and takes the money. Uh, and and uh, then they run off uh, to this community uh, to hide out. And the and the people and the the people in the community says, "Oh, you're not married. You can't stay here unless you get married." She says, "Fine." And so they have this. So they go through this wedding ceremony, and then he takes off, uh, uh, gets drunk, and runs his car into a tree and dies. <laughs> now this twelve-year-old kid, who's his younger brother. Is expected to uh, take over as husband because of the religious uh, 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 the way the way that that's that's set up. You, yeah. And so, and, and and he's just he's he's just freaked. Doesn't know what to do. And so there's this. And Patricia, uh, his character, can't leave the community or she'll probably be arrested. And so and so there's this whole this whole tension about about. I, uh, is she gonna? She's gonna move in with him. They're gonna get married. Uh, the, you know, this thing is. Yeah, he was wonderful. And he did. He he did just amazing work in it. 
plus with an accent the whole time. <laughs> and Armin Millerstahl was in it. John Shock. It was. A, it was a really. It's a really wonderful movie that that I I, I, I I feel bad that it disappeared so quickly because there's such good work in it. And Nimoy was just a treat to work with as a director. I was going to ask, because that's one of the, I think it may be the last feature film he, he directed. But, I think uh, you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, he had certainly done good work prior to that. Yes, exactly. So, uh, let's see. Uh, next up would be uh, Dominion. Right. Um, Dominion, oh, yeah. I, again, it was another Brad Johnson movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. This was this was very. I think Brad actually got me onto this movie. It was um, it was to play the guy that runs this um, service that uh, that uh, that helicopters hunters in into you know someplace and leaves them there for a week and then come picks them up again, and uh, and they get uh, uh, Brad Johnson and a couple of his buddies get helicoptered in, and then they're they're essentially kidnapped and tortured and, and and you barely get back out again and uh, but the interesting thing one of the interesting things to me about this was it was uh these two brothers michael and oh, I mike's brother's name uh, the keos right yeah and they um and they put this project together and the way they did it was they they're uh they run a major catering service in Los Angeles and do these big movies and they were doing some Schwarzenegger movie I can't remember which one it was uh, and uh, shoot and, and and anyhow they so they they convinced like the second cameraman and uh, and uh, some other people to spend uh, a weekend to take a weekend and they got a bunch of short ends and they shot this short that has nothing to do with Dominion, but it was just, but it was like this twenty-minute short, oh, yeah. and it was so good that they that they were able to raise money to do this script that they had, uh, which is sort of a, it, it, it's sort of a deliverance kind of script, but it but it was really it was really good, and um, and we ended up shooting it uh, where uh, where they used to shoot Mash. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it was and. Uh, Again, you know, really, really good people, and these guys had been around the business for so long, they really knew it. I, I actually ran into uh, uh, Mike again uh, on, um, uh, on Leatherface 3D. He was catering it, <laughs> you know, and he said, yeah, I've got this other movie that I'm, you know, trying to put together, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, so but they, they, they keep working. I think they did another, another film in between, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, I, I guess Last Action Hero, I think, was the, the Schwarzenegger film that they use as their kickoff. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and like, like you said, as far as the cast goes, that's another one that's full of uh, character actors. The, the, the trifecta of uh, Brian James, Tim Thomerson, and Glenn Morshower. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> that is a character actor powerhouse right there. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Oh, and Leif Garrett's in it, too. Right, and, 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 and Tom Bell, I think. Uh, you're correct, yeah. Yeah. So next up would be uh, dilemma. Dilemma was very interesting. I had never, uh, I, I, I had always wanted to, but I had never gotten uh, an audition for um, uh, for 
uh, films that I can't remember what the what the company is about. Band somebody. Um, oh shoot. Anyway, and and they're you know they're the classic B films, and um, and this one was uh, uh, with uh, uh, C. Thomas Howell played the lead. Oh yeah. I played his boss, uh, the the captain, and I get killed by Danny Trejo, <laughs> and I think that was, I think that was the first of like six or seven movies I've done with Danny. <laughs> uh, we were never in the same shot, although he shoots me. <laughs> in, the, in this, in this the battle, uh, a gun battle on, on the street, but we uh, uh, there was uh, it was it was really I, that was the first time, and I was terrible. They, no, I mean it was a, I was terrible technically. Okay. They, they said they said you need to you know uh, we 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 put the camera on on you on the on the car here, and and uh, you need to you know start the camera. And then we say, "Cut! Stop the camera!" And I and I said, oh, "Okay." He said, "Just press this button." I said, "Okay." <laughs> but you know, I I had no idea what I was doing, and and I'm sure I screwed up more than more than one shot. And because we were we were driving around downtown Los Angeles, and and you know, and, and getting getting set for this this battle, and it was just it was just craziness. And they had just um, there was already some. Hassled on there because they, had, I think they had just uh, uh, unveiled the uh, the new Disney uh, um, uh, the Symphony Hall. Okay, yeah. And they had they had not yet burnished the uh, all the metal, and so people were complaining uh, that when the sun hit, it was it was shining in in the windows of their of their condos and apartments downtown. And they couldn't, you know, they, they it was heating them up and everything. Else. And so they were already upset about it. And then suddenly there was this gun battle all day, all day Saturday going on right in that same area. <laughs> so I, I don't think I don't think we made a lot of fans on that. <laughs> At least on the shooting part of it. Uh, I noticed that it's one of the, the few films that I've seen in a while that uh, was uh, officially directed by Alan Smithy. Yes, <laughs> and, and and the guy who the guy who who ran the company Van Van Eck Van Shoot. Oh, Van, uh, I'm trying to see if it says on here. Yeah, was uh, he he ended up kind of taking over. It was it was it was a little chaotic. Yeah, it says it was uh, Eric Larson maybe. No. Uh, it says the, uh, really Eric Losel Losel. Maybe I, I I have to I have to admit I I mean I I remember how see Thomas Howe was great to work with and mo- almost all my stuff was with him and uh, and I remember I think I die in his arms actually at the, at the, uh, during the during the gun battle. He's a great guy. I've done random roles with him as well. He's a terrific guy, and you know, and and it and he does so. He works all the time, and you keep going. You know, why isn't he? Why isn't he getting better? Better stuff. Yeah, yeah. But at least you can't say he's not busy. Oh, he sure is. Yeah. He's busy all the time. He and Danny, I probably probably work more than anybody I know. Oh, definitely, yeah. I know Danny can't possibly ever stop. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, let's see. So next up is uh, the Lesser Evil, which I was not even remotely familiar with, and yet I think I know all 
four members of the core cast there. The, well, I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. Yeah, Cole, and um, Fiore, Tony Goldwyn, uh, Arliss Howard, and uh, David Paymer. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's 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 sort of um, it's it, it's sort it, 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 it's it's sort of like uh, that that Stephen King uh, 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 story the, um, that that Rob Reiner did. The movie. Oh, uh, Stand by Me. Stand by Me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something happens when they're kids. They agree they're never going to talk about it again, and then uh, it come it comes back up. And um, I, I, me and uh, and Jack Taylor played two cops. Oh yeah, that are there were investigating it, and it's a they they they've become sort of iconic an iconic group. They 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 agreed they'd never spend the money, and then one guy's businesses. Is kind of falling apart, so he starts spending some of the money. One of the guys is a priest now, and you know, and that's a, and that's a problem. Um, and uh, and it's obviously affected all their lives. You, there's almost it, it all takes place uh, pretty much when they're you know in their adult lives, and and uh, and uh, it was it was it was it was fun working with those guys because you know they were and and they had you know they had created this whole. Uh, they had they had been working for a couple of weeks and they had created this whole uh, uh, group th- ensemble thing, yeah. uh, like like they had been together all at all this time, and uh, and that was that was exciting. Uh, David McKay was the, was the director, and yeah. um, uh, I did a, another film with him. What the hell is it called? Um, uh, route Route ni- Route sixty nine, Route ninety nine, Route eighty nine, something nine. And um, uh, and uh, it, it, he's uh, he's from Minnesota, and although we never met or worked together in Minnesota, we knew like all the same people. So it was it was it was really kind of fun to 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 catch up in a in a, in a strange way <laughs> with him while we were shooting it. Uh, I remember that was the first time I shot in this one cemetery out in um, uh, I don't know, it's, it's out. Out like Sierra Madre or someplace out in that area, which evidently is the is the go-to cemetery in Los Angeles, uh, because I was doing another, I was shooting another film there, and uh, oh, I was shooting, uh, I was shooting uh, the 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 NCIS out there, oh, yeah. and and they were shooting um, uh, in another part of the cemetery. They were shooting um, uh, the Ghost Whisperer. So it's, it's a busy cemetery. No kidding. <laughs> Let's see. Then I guess the next one. Actually, this one's a, a, a twofer because uh, it was two uh, hard time movies: Hard Time: The Premonition and Hard Time: Hostage Hotel. Right, and and the, there was it, the the whole thing was a threefer. It was it, they were hoping to do a series with with Bert, and the first one he plays this cop that that gets framed and is sent to jail. Okay. And that's and uh, and I wasn't involved in the first one at all. Second one, he's uh, he wins some case that he has to that, that he has to go back on to. He's uh, they have to rehire him. That you know that he was they 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 admit he was framed and that or or they find out that you know that was not true. And he and he goes back to work, but he's sort of a pariah in in the in the uh, uh, police department. And I, again, I play his boss, the, the, the captain. And in um, uh, in the first one, it's 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 him proving that you know that he really 
really was the good guy and that he really did uh, 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 was doing the right thing and was and was uh, set up and um, and I, I didn't have a lot with him in that in that one but but uh, uh, it was it was it was good to, it was good to get to know him they had his his partner was this uh, junior hockey player from Canada that he that he had that he had met who was who was a really good actor and a good kid but it, it was it was it was kind of it was kind of strange the, the his background uh, in, in terms of it um, and then the second one was so interesting at the heartbreak hotel one uh, because um, uh, Charles Durning was uh, was sort of the main uh, uh, guest star in that and um, and it, it it mainly takes place in this hotel and we shot at the Ambassador Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, wow. And the first day we went to shoot at 7 o'clock, uh, the place was, was cordoned off by police because there had been a murder <laughs> you know, in, the, in the hotel. It was, you know, it, was still be, it was still being used. And, um, uh, and, it was, uh, and Durning was playing, uh, uh, you know, kept having flashbacks to Vietnam. And he was playing, playing this veteran. Hell Needham directed that second one. Yeah, that's where I found particularly interesting. That the, I didn't realize that he had done any TV movies with Bert. Well, yeah, and and this was this was incredible. I mean, he literally uh, he literally shot exactly what he needed. He was editing it in his head as he was shooting it. So we would be, we would do um, we would do a scene, uh, you know, we do a master of a scene, and then he'd say, "Okay, I want to pick it up at this 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 line and go to here." And then you know, and then he would get get that close up. He say, "Okay, I want, you know, I want this and this, you know, this to that." And um, uh, and by the you know, and and he, every day was short. I mean, it, we got done before you know before time. Um, but the problem was is that is is that the whole film ended up being short, <laughs> and he had no. They they had they went back to him. They said. They said, you know, can you give us some, uh, you know, you have any extra footage can we, you know, that we can use? And he didn't. And, um, and so, uh, uh, who's it? Uh, uh, Dick, uh, Dick Petrie, I think it was, was producing it. Okay. And, uh, and he came, we, he, we came in one day for ADR, and we were, and they had written all of these lines that, um, that they were going to, that were going to be said on our backs, uh, what, so that they could extend it long enough, so that it would fill TV time. <laughs> but it, it was—I mean, I've, I've never worked with anybody that that was so so precise. You know, it had every second down of, that he wanted. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, as for Riddle's captain there, did you get the opportunity to say things like, uh, you're playing outside the rules, to, to uh, get your ass back little, in here? I had, <laughs> I had a couple of those things, a couple of those things. <laughs> and the, th- the thing was, is that, and this was, you know, God, how many years ago was this? This was, okay, this was like 99 uh, or something? Uh, yeah, 99. Okay. He already then was, you know, was could barely walk. Oh, jeez. And, but he was so game, he was, uh, he was there doing... Everything you know that that he could, and he was wonderful to work with. I mean, he was he was at, in terms of the acting, it was great, and just he just kind of would kind of be cringing if he had to, 
you know, move fast or, or, or you know, jump over something or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I need to hunt those down just because I, I really don't know anything about them at all. They definitely flew under the radar. They were, I think, I think it was, I can't remember if it was TNT, it was, it was shot for cable. I think it was TNT, They yeah. wanted it to be a, a series, and uh, for whatever reason, uh, uh, Dave Cass, I think, directed the first one, and Dave was, Dave had worked on, um, the reason that's how I got on it is that, is that Dave had been one of the uh, directors on the Ned Blessing series. Okay, yeah. And, um, uh, and, 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 you know, and uh, the, uh, the writer too was a, has been had been working on uh, quite a Tom uh, Stephen Berman was on the Stephen yes. yeah okay. yeah and um, and they had all the, you know they had all the stuff and they were they were sure this was gonna you know this was going to go and it was a I think a big disappointment that for whatever whatever reason they decided not to you know continue on it. Yes. Uh, so this next one is easily my favorite title of any of the ones on the list. The beach party at the threshold of hell. Ah, yes. <laughs> these guys were these guys were amazing. Uh, 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 Kevin Wheatley it was kind of, was the guy that kind of brought me in. Um, but uh, they they went to school together. I don't know exactly what you know what the relationship was all with all of them. What they were they were all in Pensacola, Florida, at at this period of time. And decided and decided to do this movie, and they they got this idea about a, a, a post-apocalyptic uh, society, uh, and so they so they shot all summer this you know the, the these crazy uh, things about you know uh, uh, different gangs floating around people you know coming out of hiding to, the, to see whether it was safe yet and all that and it was it was wonderful stuff but then then they decided you know then they had all this thing they didn't have a whole movie <laughs> so the next summer they were all back in los angeles and they decided they were going to put together they were, they were going to put together uh, uh linking scenes to make this movie so i became this historian that was that was uh that was linking the, that that was kind of doing um uh, dialogue or, or, or monologue that was that was that was that was telling what was going on, and and then they would cut to a cut to a scene and a couple scenes, and then and then then back to back to my character. And they had they had all these people coming in and doing things like that. Uh, uh, um, uh, oh, um, uh, what was it? One of the Baldwin brothers played. Oh, uh, Daniel Baldwin. Daniel, right? Yeah, yeah he. He he played uh, uh, this character that was just wonderful. Again, all you do is you, all you see him on is is, uh, is on on the TV thing. And Jane Seymour was the president, <laughs> and it was it was it was great. It was amazing fun. And so then so then they shot that stuff. So then about six months later, they called me back and they said they said, look, now we want we want to have a continuing narration all the way through the movie. <laughs> And and we figure your character is the best one to do that. So, so can you come in? So I came I came to this guy's apartment and sat there in, in front of his his computer and and I'd never done anything like that before. It just you know just and and we we just put together this sort of uh, telling the story. But they were I mean they were just a incredibly uh, fun bunch of people to be be working with and uh, you know and they would and. 
and and I would love to have been part of the Pensacola because that that looks like that was what a heck of a a, a good time was had when we were shooting <laughs> that that part of it. I'm for sure. I mean, we had a good time too. Although the first the first day that I worked with, we when I did the original um, uh, uh, historian thing, yeah. we were in a warehouse with no air conditioning in downtown Los Angeles, middle of summer. That was that was nice. less than pleasant sometimes. <laughs> and I guess that was actually a National Lampoon movie. Oh, Beach Beach Party was. Yeah. Okay, they probably picked it up. I mean, much like much like uh, um, uh, uh, Storm Days Two, <laughs> yeah. C. I mean, that wasn't originally a National Lampoon movie, but they but National Lampoon decided they would. They would Put their aegis on it, <laughs> and then uh, this one has a, a journalist in the the era of, full, of fake news. I I love it. Uh, the editor, a man I despise. Right, <laughs> and, and this was this was uh, this was so interesting. I mean, this was absolutely guerrilla filmmaking. There was um, uh, there was the director who also uh, ran the camera, Adam Clark, and uh, uh, well, the the director who. Ran every, I mean, whatever he could. Sometimes he ran the cameras, sometimes he did sound, uh, and often he was directing and and making sure that we weren't going to get uh, thrown off of, out of where we were. And then uh, and then Ted Chu was his cinematographer, who you know did all the stuff. And they had been they had been in, I want to say Malaysia. They had for like five years had been doing had been doing their that version of uh, of. Uh, Malaysia's top model, or whatever it was, <laughs> and and you know had been doing re, had been doing reality theater, and while they were, uh, reality filmmaking, uh, TV, and while they were doing that, they got they they were had this idea, and it came from uh, an actual reporter on the New York Times, and I'm going to forget his name. He actually he he. Uh, he 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 actually came and performed it and did acted and did a role in it not himself uh, as a as a New York Times reporter. Is it Charlie Leduff? Yes, I believe that's it. Because okay. he moved, he went from the Times to the to the Detroit Free Press, I believe. Okay. And um, uh, and he uh, and it was a, it was he had written a number of stories about about you know being a reporter at the on the New York Times, and one of them was about this editor. Who, um, who just who constantly made his life miserable? <laughs> who changed, you know, who changed his his writing, uh, and who who uh, you know who who had his opinions who wouldn't wouldn't you know wouldn't accept anything the way it was had to had to always make his mark, and you know and then uh, and then who I think I don't know if it happened. I you know the thing is I never. I never wanted to ask him at the end, but I don't. I don't know if I don't know if he uh, uh, if the guy actually did commit suicide or if he kind of wished that he would. <laughs> but um, but so he and, and so they and so they wrote this thing about this editor. So uh, so they for the first day or two they followed me around um, downtown Los Angeles, going in and out of the L.A. Times building, going. You know, go, walking past the uh, uh, the symphony hall, walking, you know, uh, through a park there. Uh, then they then they had me. Uh, we did have we had one scene at a bar um, uh, where with a bunch of reporters after 
after work one day, and uh, and when they, you know, he didn't want the the editor didn't want to, uh, you know, spend time drinking with them because he felt that that was beneath him, but he was kind of coerced into it. Then they had we spent two days in the uh, uh, their their agent's office, uh, a Saturday and Sunday, uh, pretending it was the it was the the newspaper office. And then there was an apartment someplace over on the west side that that, that uh, I don't know whose it was that uh, that became the editor's apartment, and um, and there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of of there of dialogue uh, in in terms of uh, uh, taking place in scenes, but there was a lot of inner monologue from the editor that was. That we did one day, where I just sat there and you know, and 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 did the and did the the uh, the got the, the editor's inner monologue over over the some of the stuff we shot. Yeah. And um, but the other thing was that he wanted to shoot in black and white. Yeah, I mean it's very uh, gritty. May or may not be the right word, but it's how it feels gritty when you're watching it. Oh, absolutely. It felt gritty when we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and but it, yeah, it was it was a. It was really, it was such an interesting experience to be part of it, and, and literally, it was just, it was, it was the three of us, maybe, uh, maybe the, you know, a couple days we had a, we had a, a sound person that was, uh, that was uh, uh, t- getting the sound and and uh, uh, editing it while he, you know, while he was, while he was doing it, he had you know the whole machine on his body, and uh, but it was, it was that was it. And it was it was it was kind of amazing to be part of that. That's awesome. Well, that is the, the full dozen. I've got a bonus one if you've got a, an extra moment to. Sure. Okay. I mostly just because it, I, I'm always fascinated by pilots and never actually made it to air. Okay. And uh, I have no idea how big your your role it was in this, but it was called uh, CCPD. Yes. CCPD I know for one thing it was directed by Gary Weiss, but also I guess uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was the lead. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that was you know, and that was the major disappointment. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was my second year in in LA. The first year I had done um, uh, Ferris Bueller, and they yeah. did thirteen episodes and then canceled it. So I was free to do uh, another pilot. So this was uh, I think Fox's second season, and uh, and they were doing this pilot CCPD, and it was a takeoff on um, uh, cops. Yeah. And so there was a, so there there were there was supposedly a a crew following us every place. And I if I remember, I think Laura Innes was my partner. Oh wow, okay. And um, and so uh, and there were there were three three pairs of, of, of cops that were going out on, on different stuff with 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 crews following them. And uh, uh, we had. Uh, the and, and and Aykroyd was the captain, and he would do the kind of uh, you know okay you know this is these are these are the these are the problems this is what you got to do and, and signing this making assignments, and then and then we would take off, and uh, and I had we had two, I think in the pilot we had we had two, the first one was it uh, was with um, oh shoot. The, the the from from uh, um, uh, God, I can't even, I can't even talk now. <laughs> uh, uh, 
he was he was the he was the he was the young kid in uh, Harold and Maude. Oh, Bud Court. Bud Court, and, and Bud could not have been a nicer guy and a better guy, but he had been in this accident. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I literally when we when we sat there, we, when we sat down to kind of run the things, he he would he pushed his his hair back, and you and you saw this just incredible scar across wow. across his forehead. And you know, and he said, "I'm sorry. I, you know, I think I'm. I, everything seems fine, but I, I if, if, if you know, if I go off someplace, <laughs> you know, I'll be back. I promise." <laughs> and he played. He played a guy who had been um, uh, uh, kidnapped, and they had, they had stolen his kidney. <laughs> and so, and so, we were investigating that. And then after that, uh, we we uh, uh, we went to a. Uh, a, a children's party, and this was sort of the big set piece. And it, I think it was Todd Graff played the played the, uh, and he he was a, he was a children's party clown, and he has gone inside the playhouse, and is and is is uh, I don't think he had a hostage, but he was you know he was sort of barricaded in there. And we were supposed to try and get him out. <laughs> and I thought it was—I thought it was hilariously funny. Unfortunately, there were two other uh, takeoffs on cops uh, that were also pilots that season. And uh, and Reno nine one one won the won the uh, the batch. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so amazing that Dan Aykroyd would actually return to TV and not be available to actually get on the air. <laughs> That's what was. You know, everybody thought this is it. We're you know we're going to be doing this for, you know, five seasons. <laughs> yeah, I would. Th- I would have thought so too. <laughs> yeah, and it was a. I mean, every and it was a solid cast, and and, and like I said, Bud Court not, and and Todd Graffio as as guests. I mean, and there were other there were there were other equally as, you know, potent guests. We shot it in San Diego, which is very strange too. <laughs> uh, it was just shooting in San Diego, strange, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that is it. You've uh, you've endured it. Uh, <laughs> oh no, this is wonderful! Thank you. I enjoyed it. Probably the last person I, I did an episode with was uh, um, Curtis Armstrong. Oh so gosh, that, yes. that Curtis Armstrong tie with you—I don't know what it is. I always seem to do something right before, or after uh, talking to you with him. Well, Curtis, Curtis and I went to acting school together. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And we've done a number of things, but but we've never we've never actually, other than at the Meadowbrook Theater. We, I don't think we've ever actually uh, been, been together since then. Well, now you can say you've both done an episode of Security Knox, which I, I'm sure go. will be a highlight of your career for years to come. Well, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Curtis is terrific. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Richard. Uh, like I said, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the stories. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure, Will. You've been listening to Obscurity Knox, and now you're not. Look for us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Just remember on Twitter, Knox is spelled K-N-O-X. And we're not bitter about that. No, really, we're not. Also, for a slightly more detailed look into the projects covered by this week's guest, head over to newsreviewsinterviews.com. Thanks for checking us out, and don't be afraid to check us out again. If you keep listening, we'll keep digging for more obscurities. See you next time.